Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots with me, your host, Cassie Hubert. Join me as I explore the challenges and questions that come from pursuing a life of depth, connection, and artistry. Look, I know you're here because you're passionate, curious about so many things and creative. You love your family and you love your craft and yet you want to live from a place of deep peace and connectedness. This whole hustle culture that insists it's the only way to build something extraordinary just doesn't resonate, but it can be a really tricky path to navigate. So sometimes for courage and confidence, you just need a little bit of help connecting the dots. So hi again, it's me Cassie and it is once again my joy to be hanging out with you and right now as I record this, it's a beautiful day. I am inside but it's gorgeous outside the window which is really encouraging. So just a little bit of housekeeping as it were, Um, if you like this podcast please do share it with your friends, tell them about it because you know other people then can know it exists. I'd love it if you would be so kind as to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts, it does help people find stuff and hit subscribe if you want to know when there's a new episode landed. So today's episode, I'm going to be continuing with the theme of how to be your own best cheerleader, part two. And part two, I really want to focus on the nature of skills and resources. If you didn't listen to last week's, you can still listen to this one independently, but you might really enjoy going back and checking out what I was saying about last week's process versus production. So skills and resources. This is sometimes about the actual practical resources you have to hand and sometimes it's about your emotional reserves and resources within yourself and within your capacity. And there is something about capacity that is really helpful to think about. On a network I'm part of, the Living Joyfully Network, we were talking recently about the nature of capacity in terms of your thriving capacity and your coping capacity. And it's like sometimes we can live into the coping and we we can we can go a bit further with coping but actually in order to thrive we could do with pairing it back and I think so much of this comes into my first point the idea of nourishing and loving on yourself you cannot be at your optimum energy level skills growth development creativity if you are not very kind to yourself because you just won't take it in We respond well to an atmosphere of love and encouragement and that doesn't, like I've said in the previous episode and in other episodes, critique is really important. It's valuable for feedback, for information to help you clarify your journey. But criticism is really unhelpful. And if you focus on nourishing your body, nourishing your mind, nourishing your creativity, nourishing your emotional health, nourishing your mental health, which is so important you will find that you are more resourced to tackle whatever is coming your way. So what could this look like? Well, an example I gave to someone recently was if your hands are really dry, nourishing and loving on yourself means actually applying some kind of hand cream or something to moisturize them so that your hands don't crack. It's not that it's indulgent. It's that your hands are dry. They need more moisture. Ergo, the moisturizer. You know, it's such a tiny, tiny, tiny thing, but it's such a, an illustrative point of how we so often go, oh, it's not important, it's ridiculous. You know, loving yourself means giving yourself what you need to succeed and to thrive, to do your best work, whether that's your emotional journey work or whether it's your practical work in your household or your creative arts or your, your day-to-day job work. What sets you up? for the optimum resourced you to do the tasks at hand. 
could that be getting enough sleep? And whilst science offers suggestions of how long we really could ideally do with, there is still wiggle room and margin for different people. And maybe you get your sleep in bursts. Maybe you don't have eight solid hours, but you do have overall slightly more because you have a nap in the afternoon and it works for you. What nourishes you in a way that helps you feel alive and alert and ready for taking on tasks and challenges and leaning into your joy? Moving your body can be one of those things. Maybe you like to wiggle in a particular way. Maybe there's something sometimes so much fun about doing some weird twisty things. If you watch little kids, they move in the funniest ways and it's beautiful. Not because it's cute and it's funny and we can stand there and go, aren't they funny? But because they are so in tune with their bodies when they've not had it drummed out of them or they've been told to sit still for hours on end. You know, you watch their very little kids. They just move how they need. Sometimes they hang upside down sometimes that's just because it's fun and they want to see what the world looks like from underneath their legs and sometimes it's because they just want to stretch down and they like that my youngest son has a real joy at the moment he's in my arms or in my husband's arms and he just leans backwards trusting that we will support him which of course we do and hold his head and don't drop him on the concrete floor but he just leans back because he likes the upside down hanging feeling and it's fun there's lots of learning going on in that but there is also the joy of how his body works He's resourcing himself with information and understanding of what feels good to him. So sort of moving on to number two, because I think it's so linked. Your body is your friend. So often I think we have a, I mean, don't get me started on diet culture and fat phobia and all the things that go with that. But we have such a culture of assuming we need to dominate our bodies because they are somehow the lesser expression of us Or we hold it in such high esteem as the expression of us that if we don't look good on the outside, we can't be good on the inside. And that is rubbish and unbelievably unhelpful. Your body, if you treat it like a friend and nourish it, means that you will eat the food that feels good to you that you need in that moment. You'll learn to listen to what's there, what your body wants. You know, that this whole idea of intuitive eating. Sometimes you do just want something sweet. Sometimes you want something hot or cold or snappy and crunchy or fresh or sour or salty. You know, listening to what your body says allows you to know each other better because your body is the tent that houses the glorious beauty that is you But it's not something just to be dominated and subdued. It's something to work with. Your body is what gives you access to the sensory nature of the world. So making it your enemy is not going to enable you to do great creative things with it because the way you see yourself is therefore adversarial. And that seems so disappointing and such a hard way to live through life. You don't need to be fit in a particular shape or whatever. You need to be fit for purpose. That's what this whole idea of getting fit is. It's about being fit for purpose. I need to be strong enough to carry my children when they run out of steam. I need to be quick enough on my feet to charge across a park, vault a fence and catch them before they've escaped for the 19th time. You know, I need to be fit enough to do that. And at the moment, I mostly am. Am I the fastest runner in the world? No. Am I as fast as I have been at different times? Over very teeny tiny distances, yes. Otherwise, no. Am I thin and muscular and toned at the moment? No. Am I heavier than I have been? Yes. Does this bother me sometimes? Yes. Until I try and make friends with my body and learn to accept my body for who it is at the moment, who I am at the moment, who she is at the moment. It kind of feels weird talking about your body as a she when you're a she, but it sort of makes sense too. Like this is an expression of me. It's not an expression of me having let myself go. It's actually an expression of me having 
allowed myself to be where I am. And I'm personally doing a journey of working through getting over my issues with image as related to my personal value as a human. It's a difficult journey and I know many people have walked this a bit and others have walked it more or less or whatever and some of us still don't like our bodies very much or we get cross with ourselves when we're fatter or thinner. But actually, part of being your own best cheerleader is cheering yourself on now, not cheering yourself on for when you're where you think you should be. It's loving the person you are now And that person will get loved into life and be able to grow further. But shaming yourself right now will not enable you to grow, be more creative. You can't create from a place of fear. It just doesn't work. You freeze. So if you're in fear, you can't, like if you're being shouted at to create something wonderful, you might come up with something. But truthfully, you're not going to be able to really come up with anything like your best work. It needs to come from a place where you've been loving yourself and you feel safe It's like that Maslow's theory of like needs, hierarchy of needs, not theory, hierarchy of needs. You need to be safe and warm and well fed before you can then move into the deeper stuff. In the same way, being your own cheerleader is nourishing yourself and liking yourself and choosing to enjoy yourself where you are and celebrate that. And yes, be fit for purpose. If I need to chase my child, I do need to be able to chase them. And maybe that is something if I'm struggling to do at the moment, I can work up to a bit more and be fit for that purpose. But if I am not needing to run across a field at the speed of an Olympic runner, then maybe I don't need to worry about that. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to force myself into something that looks vaguely like that. Now, as a performer, I am very aware that my body is also what gets seen and what gets cast or not. But I can still choose to be my own cheerleader. It leads me on to my third point, which is, you know, whose measure are you using? The idea that Hollywood doesn't want actresses over 40 because they're no longer attractive or interesting is maybe still kind of true, but isn't really true about the quality of the woman or the actress. That's just rubbish. Do I want to live my life by that metric? Well, actually, no, I don't. Do I think people are less valuable once they pip over a certain point? Do I think they're less attractive once they don't look or they aren't a certain age or weight? Well, if I do, maybe I need to regroup and rethink that one through. Because so often that comes down to a sense of value. Do I value that person unless they are this? And it carries on to do I value myself unless I am this? And if the answer is no, I'm setting myself up for failure rather than success. When you're being your own best cheerleader, you recognize what you need. You don't withhold from yourself for weird external reasons. If you're listening to your body and you've learned to respect one another, you know, your inside and and your outside to such a level that there is a real communication between the two of you, then when you really want the chocolate, you're like, yeah, this is exactly what I want right now. And you don't sit there going, I shouldn't have that. But equally, if you're full and you're not hungry and it's there and you feel like you just want to take it, but you and your body have paid attention to one another long enough, you can start to recognize that maybe for you and not for everybody, but maybe for you in that moment, actually what you really are looking for is greater stimulation. Maybe you like the oral stimulation, so maybe you need to chew some gum. 
That was a recommendation I heard recently. I was like, that's genius. Or maybe you need to move your body. Or maybe you're just feeling a bit sad and that's there and it looks pretty and you know that the endorphins released from eating yummy chocolate will help your mood. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe if you're going, actually, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat when I'm not hungry. What is it that I can do that helps me feel the joy that I know I will also get from this? And sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's eating the chocolate and dancing and moving your body. But learning how to champion and cheer yourself is not withholding for arbitrary reasons. If I eat that, I will get this size. If, you know, if I eat that and it's going to give me serious stomachache, choosing not to do that is also loving your body. My husband is allergic to bananas. They do not agree with him. Not giving him banana cake is a good move. For him, even though bananas are full of potassium and wonderful things, he just doesn't need bananas in his life. They don't work for him and this is really fine. Eating something that hurts you, that you can feel hurts you and that makes your body feel really uncomfortable and out of sorts, that's fine to say no to, but saying no to it for that reason rather than because I shouldn't eat this because this is a bad food, because this will make me look, be this person is not a helpful way to grow yourself or to champion yourself. Following your joy is so important and it takes you on the journey of discovering what you actually care about and what you like. If something brings you joy, it enables you to create better. It means if you find joy in your work, you'll never do a day's work in your life because you are working very hard, but there's joy in it. I find that with motherhood and I find that with performing. Actually, motherhood is full of lots of little mundane moments, but it gives me such joy. Those moments of connection with my kids and hanging out with everybody and doing daft things. I did a wonderful dance for my daughter the other day of the jiggly the jiggly tummy dance. It was fantastic. She's been doing the wiggly bottom dance since she was tiny. So I did the jiggly tummy with the wiggly bottom and it was great fun. It made us both laugh our heads off. Celebrated where my body is, which is softer around the edges by quite a long shot at the moment. And celebrated the joy of it. The fact that it moves differently is actually really fun. I was cheerleading myself in that moment because I could easily have gone, I don't like it. Now, maybe you are someone who needs loads of movement and you just are so athletic. That is how your body works. Run with that. Follow your joy. If it gives you great joy to go running, then run. Don't hold back on doing those things that bring you joy. Because real joy is not the same as disconnected, mindless indulgence. And truly, all of this is really about being intentional. To be your own cheerleader, you need to be intentionally paying attention to what is going on in your body what is going on in your environment that is helping you or that is making you feel low being your own cheerleader allows you to take on a workshop or do a class or go into a training session or have some counseling that allows your skills to grow your skills in a particular area maybe need slightly more intense work and so therefore nourishing and cheerleading yourself is saying yes It is worth me spending the money on that thing to help stretch and hone my skills in this area. Maybe you go and do a horse riding course because you want to be able to ride properly. Maybe you go and figure out how to massage because your body needs that and you don't know how to do it well. Maybe you go and give yourself the opportunity to try a whole different class in order to get better at something that you've always loved. But if you're following your joy, actually, your skills will improve in the process. You want to be the best person that you can become. 
and you want to like yourself in the process. You don't want to spend your life, well, you might want to, but I can't imagine anyone really wants to spend their lives hating themselves because frankly, it's a miserable way to be. So in order to be your own cheerleader, you need to give yourself access to the things that resource you. Give yourself the chance to develop those skills of yours that you want to hone and get tighter and sharper. Give yourself the things that bring you joy and give you excitement and delight because you will be way more creative. You will be way more connected and you will have so much more joy in your day-to-day life and relationships when you are championing yourself and your own development rather than being at odds with yourself because you can't create from a place of scarcity. You can only really create out of a place of abundance. And learning how to champion for yourself and cheerlead yourself means that you will be so much more abundant and generous in your joy and championing and cheerleading of those people in your life who are around you. When you're not being stingy with yourself, you will be able to be generous and abundant and extend that grace to those around you. And everybody wins when it's like that. So have a wonderful week, connecting those dots. (laughs) Notice when you are championing yourself and when you're beating yourself up and give yourself the grace to resource and love and lavish on yourself, your body and your environment. And in turn, that will allow you to love more people around you more effectively. So have a wonderful week. God bless.